Hello football fans and welcome to a bumper edition of View from the Sideline podcast. Coming up this week, we've got the Premier League and EFL review from the weekend. Pete gives us his weekly teaser and we've got a predictions update as well as Chris's Wonders of White. We've got two firsts on the podcast this week as Liam joins us in part two to give us his view on his beloved Aston Villa. And we sit down with Farsley Celtic's Luke Parkin to find out more about the club ahead of their FA Cup tie with Southport at the weekend. Lots to talk about this week, so let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Rich here and as always Chris is with us. How are you doing Chris? I'm alright Rich, yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, Lots to talk about this week, lots to get through. Um, big, week. So big week. It is a big week. Um, we'll just, uh, firstly, just we'll give the results of the shirt that we were giving away with set piece shirts I think. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Listeners, you may have seen on our social media channels that it was won by a lady called Dawn. Um, so the shirt has been shipped today, so it should be arriving with her shortly. But uh, just a, a quick thank you to everybody who who entered, um, everyone who followed both pages. Um, yeah, and it was good. It was good to... Um, Congratulations good, good to, to Dawn. She's you know, got herself a nice, nice T-shirt as well now. Yeah, nice yeah. Liverpool shirt. Yeah. Okay, so we will get straight into it. Um, so we've got Pete's teaser. So uh, what have you got for us this week, Pete? Okay, Rich, this week's question. How many teams currently playing in the Premier League have never been relegated from the Premier League? That's a good one. Okay. Um, we are going to have Liam uh, in yeah, part Liam, two yeah, this got, week. got a third person to help us out with the teaser. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. How many? How so? How many teams currently in the Premier League have never been relegated from the Premier League? I can name you one because that is the team I support. So. Yeah, I can name you two because it's <laughs> the other ones the team I support. Ooh, bet, okay, better not but, ask. Uh, better not ask Liam. Uh, no. Is, uh, is... <laughs> no. Maybe he'll. He might actually be no help at all in this. Um. So we'll get straight into uh, the Premier League review. Um. And I think a good place to start this week is going to be the King Power Stadium. So Leicester v Newcastle, uh, probably the most, well, I'd say it was the most convincing win of, of the weekend. Leicester 5, Newcastle nil. Chris, what did you think? Well, I, I don't think there was any doubt in the sending off. Let's put it that way. That was a, a horrific challenge um, by Hayden. Um, but... To be fair, Leicester took full advantage of uh, of Newcastle having only ten men on the pitch. But you know, at the same time, they uh, they played some really really nice football. Um, and it, it's the same names again that were mentioned week in week out that that are impressing us as well. And uh, again, the 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 Leicester City defender. Um, I'm not going to try and say his name because he's their new signing this season. But he's uh, he's, Tur- kid, he's really. Turkish, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I already seen this week that. The papers are saying that, he, that Man City may be after him in the, in the in January, so that's always a good sign that you're having a good time on the football pitch. But Newcastle, you know, lack of goals as well at the moment. I think they've scored four goals this season. And you think that they bought in a new striker in Joe Linton and 
they've got that Saint Maximan as well. Obviously, they signed from France in the French league as well, and just don't seem to be firing at the moment. And you know, you, I can't really, you know, the the games that they've been playing, they haven't really impressed me at all. No, I mean they don't seem to have any sort of identity at the moment. I don't think. Um... It's almost as if the the Spurs result was a bit of a fluke. I think being a Spurs fan, it's extremely frustrating that the way Newcastle are playing at the moment, yet when we played them, they they managed to beat us, um, which isn't great. But I'm surprised by the... um, by some of the comments on the sending off, because there is a there is an opinion out there that it was a harsh red card. Now, I think it, when you watch it in at full speed, it looks absolutely awful. Um, yeah. to, to to be honest, from from my point of view, it doesn't look much better when it's slowed down. Um, but there are That's a few there are a few that. people that have have said that they they didn't think it was a sending off. Well, I'm surprised by that because it it was a pretty nasty tackle. So yeah, it was. Even, I think even in slow motion, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. And one, one nil down, Newcastle are always going to find it hard to get back into the game. You go down to ten men, it makes it even harder. Then I think when the second goal goes in, it's almost it's almost over as a contest. But yeah. Um, what impressed me with Leicester is, I mean, one of the best players, one of the best players in the league so far this season, James Madison, he didn't play because um, he was injured. Um, but all the other players stood up. I mean, there's, I don't think they miss Harry, Harry Maguire at all, which no, I think no, the money they got for him, then that that's a good thing as well. It's, it's, they must be laughing at the moment. When, when you look at the performances of the two teams as well, it's not... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know where I'd rather be. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) But Leicester, third place, um, a lot of people are going to write them off. I I actually think they've got a decent shot. I think they've got a decent shot of top four, but... I think, yeah, um, I think out of... I know they're the highest out of the non-top six teams. Oh, Chris, I'm going to have to interrupt you. There's been a goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Well, by your reaction, it's not a goal for Bayern Munich, is it? No, it's a goal for Tottenham. (laughs) <laughs> the goal for Tottenham. Sorry, yeah. So obviously we've got Champions League tonight. Um, so if I get excited, it's because Spurs have scored. Right. Okay. Back to the Premier League. We'll, we'll actually go to Tottenham next. Actually. So so Tottenham v Southampton. Um, a strange game, I think. Uh, it almost it almost feels a a bit like a defining game for Spurs, where. I I do feel that if they had lost, I I think Pochettino could have literally been on his last legs. Um, well, I think Aurea wasn't going to help your cause much. I think, although the second yellow, it, I I think that was soft. The second yellow, it was personally soft, it was soft. But the thing is, you you know, I, I think you, you know he's already on a yellow, so he just needs to just not go near anyone. As yeah, no. I, I, I think we 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 say that a lot week week in week out. But when players get sent off for two yellows, we're always saying that they just need to be a bit more careful. But I, I do think that there was an element of softness about it. But I think it's one of those challenges that if the player's already on a yellow card, and especially at that point of the game, I think in the past that refs may be a bit more lenient about that, mm-hmm. and. Maybe they wouldn't have given him the second yellow, but well, the they did. 
Well, and, yeah, they did. We have to talk about um, Lloris as well. Uh... <laughs> it was a great assist. I mean, what, what do you mean? It was a great assist. It, that, that's you the second goal Danny Ings has scored, isn't he? From from sort of goalkeeper errors. He got the one against Liverpool, didn't he? So, but luckily, luckily, it hasn't cost you. Uh, him getting sent off and Lloris giving the goal away hasn't cost you at all. You know, you know, fair play with with ten men like um, Arsenal did um, against Villa uh, a week or so ago. I thought you actually were better with with ten men on the pitch. I thought it, you looked like you had more fight in you. Kane had a good game. Um, yeah, Kane did play well. I, I think though, if I'm if I'm a Saints fan, um, I'm, I'm, disappo- I'm disappointed with that. Second half, they did have a lot of chances, and Lloris, although he made that mistake for the first goal, he he kept you in that game as well in points. He made some really yeah. good saves. So. As a Spurs fan, it's it's a brilliant three points, especially the the, the form we've been in, but. I would be disappointed as a Saints fan not to take anything from that game because they dominated it. If they just had that little bit more up front in that final third, then I think they probably do take something away from that game. But but I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, so we move on. So we'll go down to Bournemouth, West Ham, uh, 2-2. I think for a neutral, it was a pretty entertaining game. Goals disallowed. Game. And... Yeah, well, it, I think, you know... I think we've both agreed that Bournemouth and West Ham are two teams where you they're very unpredictable. You never really know what you're going to get from from either team week in week out. Um, but to be fair, I thought they were both they both played pretty well. Um, Yarmolenko as well. Playing it was well. a great goal. I, um, I thought I thought that, that that was a good goal overall. That the the, the yeah. sort of the control and the layoff from Haller and then the turn and the finish. I thought I thought it was a great goal. I like Yarmolenko. I think he's yeah, a good player. and uh, you know Bournemouth getting back into the game. You know, a, a nice comeback from them. Um, even though it, even though it was disallowed, but it was disallowed, and he was quite clearly onside. So that's. That's almost where VAR has worked really well yeah, because yeah. the goal's disallowed and then it's overturned and, it, and, it, and it's a perfectly good goal. Um, I think that the it's Nathan the Aki one... Yeah, it's not the first time it happened this weekend either. So no, it's, it's good not. To see, no. It's good to see that other side, that goals aren't just taken away from you. They, they can be given to you. So it kind of makes that um, point where you, you can moan about VAR week in week out about oh it's you know they struck off a goal here they struck off a goal here but when it actually gives you the goal you know you are quite thankful that it's there. Um, oh yeah, but, absolutely. It's a different. Um, Harry Harry Wilson, um, I think, is a great addition to the Bournemouth side as well. Um, he's a good good young player and um, a lot to come from him. I know he's only on loan from Liverpool, but. Yeah, he's he's played really well so far this season. Yeah, he has been playing well. I, I think that the difference for me here is because West Ham are obviously their their fourth place at the moment, um, and they are having a, a brilliant start to the season. They haven't lost since the opening day against Man City, but I would I'd have a little bit more faith in Leicester maintaining it than than West Ham, but. I'll be happily proved wrong. I've got, I've got. I think West Ham are a good side. They're a good side to watch. They've got good players. So, um, a, a good game overall. Um, so, not so good for Everton. Uh, so losing to Man City three one. Str- yeah. Straight, strange game. I thought this one. 
Yeah, chances. It's not like that they didn't create chances, Everton. You know, I thought, and personally, I thought it was quite an enjoyable game. And I was quite surprised on how open the game, you know, was. Um, Man City, I thought, were quite open at the back. And I think they were there for the taking in some in some points. But um, I thought Mahrez had a really, really good game. Yeah, he did. He did play well. Third, yeah. It, it, it's it's pretty scary though, isn't it? Because I mean, I was just going to say about De Bruyne. I, mean, I know I know we talk about him every week, but he 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 seems to be able to get into that position, sort of on the right hand side, but in field enough where no one really picks him up, uh, and the whip he gets on that ball to cross it in is just unbelievable, and it's always into a danger area, and I think. He's been phenomenal for City this year, and I, I, it's quite scary when you think of Mares is probably a squad player for Man City. Yet he 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 starts the game and he he puts in such a performance. That ball, that ball he put in for Gundogan as well was such a nice ball where he yeah he's he's, he's a quality player, really good player. Um. Sorry, I was just going to say, the, the, the thing I liked in this game, and, and it was right at the end, but because there's so much talk about VAR at the moment, Raheem Sterling's goal, so the, the, the third goal for Man City, yeah. how quick was that done for goal line technology to say that the ball was over the line? It was so quick, and then I we think just moved on. It's, well, yeah, yeah, it is, but I mean, it's almost because the technology's been there a while. Yeah, well, I'm I sure know the, VAR... I know the ref, his watch, the the rest watch beeps, but the, the, it, yeah. there's no faffing around with it. It's it's a goal. But I guess it's a lot easier with just is it over? Is it not over? Because there's only two outcomes. I just like the technology. Yeah. Let, let me have it. Let me have it, Chris. I like it's been the technology. For a long time, I can't remember when it actually came in. Just probably. It was after Lampard scored that goal for England against Germany. We know that. Don't break down. The one that was about six foot over the line, um, but so I mean, Man City, they, they, they're going to keep winning. Everton oh, yeah. seem to be dropping a little bit from their early season form, but um, yeah, a, a, a decent three points for Man City. I think I do, I do think they deserve to win it. Uh, so we go on to their neighbours, uh, Man United, Arsenal. So the game uh, last night. I actually fancied Arsenal going into this, to be honest with you. I, I, I many, would have picked Arsenal to win. I think it. many would, um, but a really, really dull first half. Um, but the goal at the end, I think, kind of kind of elevated the second half a bit. And to be fair... Uh, it, was like, it was a good goal. A really uh, nice finish. McTominay's goal was good, yeah. yeah Both McTominay good goals, goals actually. Bamiang's goal was good. Um, and, and towards the end of the game, there was chances for both teams. They both both had really good, you know, chances. So um, either team could have come out with the three points there. I, I still think, although I thought Arsenal were going to win that game, I still think they'll be happier of the two um, with a point. Um, but Man United's worst start to a season in, in thirty years. It's, mm. I, I don't. I don't think the draw tells us anything about these teams when. Uh, it, uh, Arsenal's defence is poor, but United's attack is poor. Um, and then, do you know what I mean? It's almost as if they cancel each other out. And I don't think a point actually, yeah. it, it doesn't help United in the slump they're in. And it, it, I think 
it's almost as if, if Arsenal were going to be sort of treated as serious sort of top four contenders, the way United are playing, I think it's the, the sort of game that they would be expected to win. But you think, yeah, you think like they in the obviously the, the game was shown on um, on Sky, and in the studio they had Roy Keane and and Jamie Carragher, and you know to to think back when they were playing against each other, the teams that they had around them, you know, it's not it's no that the team like the Man United Arsenal team now is nowhere near, you know the. And what it used to be. No, I, mean, I don't think United have got anything going forward, really. I, mean, I know Rashford, but I mean, he started off the season pretty well and I don't think he's done a lot since. It, it, it's so unlike Man United to not be yeah, a force but... going forward. And if you think back sort of, obviously towards the end of when Ferguson was there, because I think since he's left, it's almost gone. You used to hate your team going to United. Because yeah. you knew from from the first whistle to the last whistle, they would not give up no matter what the score was, and they were so dangerous. Now I think it's completely reversed. Where it just it just feels you like kind of what you want to go there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Fergie knew he's he knew that the the team because the team he won the league with in his last season was wasn't, wasn't a great right side. There. Wasn't no, a, it wasn't a great side. Van, Van Persie who scored a lot of goals for them. Um, it's kind of like he knew that that was kind of the end of his era at Man United, but also maybe the end of Man United, you know, dominating the Premier League. So, um, yeah. Well, but, I mean, the, the pressure's on Solskjaer. I think it's it, it just depends how their season continues to progress. Um But I, I don't know. A draw is probably a fair result, but it, it, it didn't. The, the game didn't live up to, to the expectations, I don't think. Um, but a game that, that possibly did, I think the result was probably a little bit surprising. Sheffield United-Liverpool. Um, so Liverpool, yeah. winning, Liverpool winning 1-0. I, don't, I didn't think that their front three clicked as they normally do, but I think there's got to be some, yeah. some praise to Sheffield United because I think they handled them quite they well. Put up, they put up a really good fight, didn't they? And... and it really was only a keeper error that's kind of, you know, ended up costing them the game. So, do, do you know he's uh, on loan from Man United? Yeah, yes. I, I, I didn't know that until yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Wilder's comment about him wanting to play for Man United. Um, so it, it it was a strange one because I I did think, well, why would he want to play for Man United? But yeah, I mean, it it it's not a good way to lose when. When you're in the game and you you lose one nil and it's down to a keeper error and it's just it's just a lack of concentration. It's I mean, what yeah, it's what I, it's what champions do, isn't it? They grind out a result like Liverpool have done here, and you know it's well, it's, it's, those... the, it's the first time they've won ugly this season. I would say it's, you it's, need to win ugly at times. Yeah, to it's win those the it's those three points that are going to win you. You know, you you amount a few of those over the season. You're laughing, really, but fair play, Sheffield United. I thought I think that out of the teams that come out, they they're the ones that I'm favouring at the moment. Even though I didn't in my early season prediction. But, no, you know. and and you say that before the Villa fan comes on the podcast. Yeah, well, he won't do. It <laughs> well, no, I might tell him. <laughs> um, so. The, the, the next up for Liverpool, three massive games, really. So they've got Leicester, Man United, and then Spurs. I think if, if they come through that period, I know there's Champions League games 
in between if they come through those three league games with, with nine points I think I think we have to take them a lot more seriously so we move on to your boys next Chris Chelsea Brighton Chelsea running out 2-0 winners quite an even game until sort of Brighton gifted you the first goal yeah, it was what happens when you play out from the back. You know, I've said time and time again, when you play out from the back, you're going to cause yourself issues, especially against someone like Chelsea, who, you know, they are on the forefront as well. Um, but I would have been heavily annoyed had we not come out of that with three points. The amount of chances we actually had in the first half, um, it would have been criminal if we didn't get the three points. But I mean, Brighton had a decent chance at, at one oh, yeah, yeah. with Dan header, Burns' header. header. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he, just he, he just headed he, it too vertically. Well, I haven't said this this season, I don't think, but he actually played for the <laughs> Did he? Oh, well, um, that's, he a, that's the first one. Yeah, he scored in the when Yeovil went to the playoff final against Brentford. He scored the second goal. Did he? And obviously, we went right. up. To, obviously, Yeovil went up to championship. Yeah, he was. He was. He was playing in that game. He must have used all his goals up, his yeah, career goals. <laughs> uh, he should have scored, though. He should have scored. Yeah, he, he should have scored. It's good to see Hudson Odoi back playing, though. I think that's a, yeah. that's a big plus for Chelsea. Yeah, I think they've missed him. I, yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll play tomorrow night in Champions League as well. Um, so, yeah, I like him. He's a good player. Clean sheet, three points at home. Not someone I've said this season either. So I was happy. Tricky game away at Saints this this weekend. Behave. Well, you don't know. You don't know. We'll see. But they're, they're doing all right. They're, they're proving me wrong. I, I thought Chelsea would struggle. But um, anyway, t- talking of struggles, uh, Palace, Norwich. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> Almost. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, Norwich are struggling. They've lost. They've lost four of the last five. Um, and that, the, the one game they didn't lose was against City. It's crazy, uh, isn't it? You think you think the performance that we saw them play against City, and everyone was thinking, "My God, this, you know, this team can actually play." And then the last two weeks, they've been awful. They've been yeah. nowhere near. But our man scoring from the penalty, Milojovic. Yeah, it's, it's almost back to the Palace of old, where they get a penalty. It, it's one nil. It's quite nervy, and then they get another one in the last minute to, to sort of. Completely lift any pressure. Until I watched the highlights, I didn't actually realise that they scored a second goal. I didn't realise it was two 0 until the end of until I was watching. Yeah, and Josh Townsend got goal. one late on, yeah. but a, a, a definite penalty on that. I don't, I don't yeah, think there's, yeah. I don't think there's any getting away from that. Um, what what surprises me uh, about, about Palace in general, really, I, I think we're, I think football fans in general, because you never really hear the positive side being spoken about is they're in the top 10 palace when a lot of people yeah. pick them to struggle. They've got the same points total as Spurs and Chelsea. So yeah, they to me, really, that's a really good start for palace. They didn't really bring anyone in, did they? When you think about that and they brought a couple of players in, but no one of, of a name. And, you know, I think, I think them keeping Zahar is probably, because his performances have been pretty good this season. So. Yeah, he has been playing well. I think it would be a different story if he left. But Norwich, they're only one point above relegation, um, which I think is also going a bit unnoticed. I think they're still living off the, the Man City win. But they have got seven or eight first-teamers out, which is which is going to affect any team in the they league, did. I think. They did, against, they did against Man City. They, they did now five or six. So, 
I yeah, don't. they seem to be turning up. I think that there's. I think they've scored against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. They've played against all the big teams that they've played, uh, but then they failed to score against Palace, Burnley, West Ham. So I, I still think they'll be all right. They, they they just need to start putting some points on the board. Really, speaking of points, we're getting good at this segue into each game. Um, so Wolves, Watford. Battle of the bottom two uh, before Finally. the game. Neither, neither with a win. Uh, someone, well, I suppose they could have drawn, but you know, I, for me, you know, Watford are in huge trouble. I don't think that they were any good this week at all. I think they really miss Troy Deeney. I think it, it's 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 surprising it's, how much they miss him. It's just so obvious when they, when they go forward, they just don't. There just doesn't seem any like sort of cohesion between between midfield and attack. It's just really baffling because last season they were really good at going forward. Um, but you know, fair play to Wolves. I think they capitalise on a on a rather weak Watford performance. And I think now that Wolves have got that win, I think. That their season has probably just started. I I thought they were almost back to their best. Their their first goal, f- for me, w- was what they were all about last season. It was it was a great passing move. Players getting into positions, getting into space. When you're in the sort of the, the final third, it's it's a, it's a decent last ball and a, and a good just, finish. Just L- lots of lots better. of movement. Yeah, it did click. It clicked very well. Um, and I think the win eases a lot of pressure on Wolves, but it piles it onto Watford. Um, and their next their next game is massive, so home to Sheffield United. But Watford are going to get into a position where every game's a big game if, if they don't start winning. And then when you're in, so when you've sacked a manager and brought a previous manager back in. And and you're still your fortunes haven't changed. I mean, apart from the second half against Arsenal, I think they've been pretty poor. Then, the, the are they really going to sack him after bringing him back? They can't. No, they can't. They can't. Exactly. They but can't. something has to give, otherwise they're going down. I think they might have pulled the trigger a bit too soon on the manager switching. I think, I think he could have had at least a couple more games just to do something. I'm not so sure about bringing that an ex-manager back. I don't really see. I always think to myself, well, you kind of sacked him in the first place, so. But there must have been a reason why they wanted to well, get rid yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that, but it just seems very, very odd that at a time of when they probably need stability more than anything, that they went ahead and sacked him, and then. You know, last week obviously didn't help them losing eight now. I think. Well, wow. so they've. Is- They've got Spurs in a couple of weeks, so they they'll probably get three points. That'll be all right. That'll be all right then. Yeah. Okay. So so that um that, that wraps it up for that part of the Premier League review. Obviously, we've got Liam coming on uh, in the second part of today's podcast as as our first guest. So we're, we're going to save the Villa Burnley game um, until Liam joins us because we want to get his his view on on his club. Um, what he thinks they're capable of this season, how he thinks they've been doing so far. So we'll uh, we'll go into the EFL review uh, to finish off part one, Chris. So I'll I'll start with the championship. Uh, 
where West Brom are now top of the table on 19 points after their second consecutive win. Uh, they won 2-0 away at QPR. They re- they remain the only unbeaten side in the championship. Um, it's probably just worth pointing out, though, that they are playing tonight. Uh, so they're actually 1-0 down away to Leeds, so the uh, the unbeaten record could, could be going tonight. Yeah, I have jinxed it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, as it stood at the end of the weekend, there were a point ahead of Swansea in second and Nottingham Forest in third. Leeds dropped to fourth after a uh, defeat away at Charlton, who now move up to sixth. And Preston occupied the other playoff place in fifth after sharing six goals with Bristol City in a three-all draw. At the bottom, Stoke are still without a win and remain on two points after losing 3-2 at home to Forest. That game was on Sack Friday him. night. Sack, Sack him. him. Oh, yeah, they've got, they've got Stat- to do something, haven't they? Yeah, the ex-Yeovil player, ex-Yeovil assistant manager, sack him. Oh, that's not yeah. very nice, is it, Chris? Stop, stop, stop chanting during my championship review. <laughs> Where was I? Yes, yeah, so, so Stoke lost 3-2 um, at home to Forest. Huddersfield, they did double their points tally to two after getting a point in a one-all draw at home to Millwall. Terrible, really, Stoke and Huddersfield, the, the position they're in. Um, and Barnsley, they lost their third game in a row. They went down 3-1 at home to Brentford to remain in the final relegation place. So that's the championship. So we just move on to League One. So Ipswich, they remain two points clear at the top. They got a 4-1 home win against Tranmere. Wickham and Fleetwood are keeping pace, though uh, they both won at the weekend against Rochdale and Shrewsbury, respectively. Coventry are in fourth uh, after getting a point in a one-all draw against Doncaster. And wins for Sunderland and Blackpool mean they make up the playoff places in fifth and sixth. At the bottom, uh, Bolton are still on uh, negative nine points um, after failing, uh, sorry, falling to defeat away at Portsmouth. Wimbledon, they lost their third game in a row to remain on three points. They lost 3-2 away at Peterborough. Uh, and Southend are only a point better off on four points. They lost 1-0 at home to Accrington and remain in the final relegation place. Uh, so if you want to take League 2, Chris, and then I did forget to mention, I apologise, we've got Adam's match report from Yeovil, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, OK. Yep. So League Two, um, a big surprise at the top as Exeter lost 3-1 at home to Grimsby. They do, however, remain top. Uh, Crew could not cap- capitalise and remain in second after a one-all draw with Cheltenham. Uh, Cheltenham are actually in third. Forest Green are in fourth. They comfortably beat Salford 4-0 away from home. I don't know what's going on with Salford. I know they just come up, but I think a lot more was expected of them. So, anyway... Well, Swindon moved down to fifth after they lost to Newport. Uh, Newport actually moved up to sixth after that win. And Grimsby are up to seventh after their impressive away win at top Exeter. Uh, At the bottom, uh, it remains the same. Despite a draw with Cambridge, Stevenage remain rooted to the bottom. Uh, So now, uh, like Rich just said, Adam's got the match report for Yeovil. Take it away, Adam. Uh, thank you again both for allowing me to do the over report and wow, what a report to do for you guys. Um, full of incidents, uh, lots of talking points. I try to keep it concise as much as I possibly can. Um, 
obviously the big tumble table clashed first off um uh, first for for uh, joint second um bromley unbeaten yeovil on us at the at that time six in a row wins so a lot better situation than they were last time we spoke um yeah so it's a really good game obviously the final result was 3-1 to yeovil so we Stopped Bromley's um, undefeated start of the season and made it seven wins in a row for Yeovils, which is excellent. Just one more matches the best run we had. Eight wins in a row under Gary Johnson the year we got promoted. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. May happen, may happen. Um, but back to the game, yeah, um, well... Started off a few first few minutes. Um, their defender just misplaced the back pass. Our striker went for it. Their defender came back. Then it's all of a clash. Uh, their defender, our striker, their keeper just hit into each other. Our, their keeper and our striker knocked out completely. Um, the players put um, the both players in the recovery position, which wasn't nice to see at all. And it took about 20, 19, 20 minutes for that to so get all sorted out. Their keeper got stretched off. Our player eventually, eventually got up and gingerly walked off, but he was, didn't tell he wasn't all there. Uh, but thankfully, what I've heard from the of a Bromley official um, Twitter page that it's sort of their goalkeepers, it was he's all okay-ish, and sort of he went back on the Bromley coach, which is good to hear. Uh, my opinion. Yeah. Um, and after that, they had, they had no subkeeper, so they had to put a central defender in goal. Um, Straight after that, so that was interesting to see. Which um, Yeovil had this season already. We had a had to put our defender in goal as well. Um, so it does it does happen in the lower leagues. Um, yeah. So then the the game carried on a bit slow, but as you can tell, the teams were probably a bit affected by what happens. And um, then they scored a bit of a sloppy goal, but now obviously saw a fair finish from them, make it one 0 and we just couldn't. Get um going. You know, just trying to sort of put pressure on. Obviously, shooting at a a goal that they had a defender in goal, but eventually, sort of in the sort of the big stoppage time of the first half, we equalised, and then um so that was a big plus, um, and then the start of the second half, um, much better. We really, I think, really controlled the second half. I mean, really sort of controlled it completely. They sort of whatever he said at halftime really got into the team and they were just sort of did it. We just did enough. Um, sort of own goal for second goal, a bit sort of calamity from where we were sort of stand. You can see it hit bounce a few and then went in, but a bit of a luck our side. And this third goal, brilliant for the smallest man on the pitch to leap up to score header from one side of the box to go into the top corner of the other side. It's fantastic to see. And then obviously, we could have scored a few more, but I think. I think it was a fair result. I mean, so you look at it, yeah, Bromley were, had a sub-keeper and got like a sub-defender in goal, but I feel sort of, it was, yeah, it was a well-deserved well win and obviously sort of massive win really for the um, the standings. Now a point behind Bromley, etc. But there's another talking point in this um, game is got to about the, few, the final few minutes, but the 88th minute, 87th minute, and the one that I bought the ball boys, the Yeovil, didn't necessarily he didn't push the ball back fast enough um for the refs liking or the players liking and then obviously he wasn't too happy about it the player so it was just smart i can see the player the uh, bromley player smiled and then he got the ball back it literally it was a yard two yards um sort of out of the way he just took ages he took a little bit of time to push back 
Then it happened again, the same ball boy again came to him and he, he took a little bit, but I'm talking about seconds here, it wasn't anything, and then, then the ref went berserk. Ref demanded all, um, well, the oval, two oval players um, went to speak to the ball boy, and then the referee obviously was intervening, and then obviously eventually had this sort of, his best idea, just sort of, well, we've seen on the press or Facebook or Twitter, you see that the, the ref sent them off. But at the game, it was the players that told the ball boys to go off because the ref was losing the plot. So all the boy boys got, well, sent off or dismissed, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I've never seen that before. And then the next minute, uh, the next sort of throw in, the referee ran off the pitch, got the ball, gave it to the Bromley player because there's no ball boys left. Couldn't believe it. Obviously, everyone was laughing. And the Bromley players were actually quite smiling, really. They went over fast by it and really over the period of the game the first half especially Bromley players were taking oh, probably 10-20 seconds taking free kicks or throws themselves so it's a bit of hit this there every, everywhere really sort of like was a bit of tit for tat um, right yeah so yeah but end of all 3-1 fantastic win much much in, obviously improved since the last time Really going for this now. I really sort of really. I think the big crowd as well. I like sort of just um, around four thousand, which is obviously big crowd. Great atmosphere. A lot of people get to be on the team. Really sort of cracking. I think sort of this is anyways up. Um, can we make it eight wins in a row against Hartlepool? Who knows? Really, I feel sort of the the only way um, we get beaten at the moment is. Uh, I can't see it. I can't really see us getting beaten. I think we're such a strong side now. It's really connected. All the strikers score all from over all over the pitch, and it's really good to see. So, fingers crossed. I never win Saturday, and then sort of keep keep on from there. Really, yeah, really good. Yeah, thank you again. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like Adam just said, there's an, another really really good win for you overall. Three one against Bromley or a top. Such an eventful um, game, though, with all the ball boys. Well, yeah, I've never seen it before. Issues. So, uh, um, you, hit, you, hit, you hear two completely different sides from, from the Yeovil well, fans and I've, the Bromley I've fans. It, I've seen it on Twitter, but... Um, <laughs> it's, that's, that's the fountain of all truth. Yeah, just one more thing as well. They nearly had 4,000 there um, on that's Saturday, a good which, turnout. Is, which is so, so good to see as well. And it really, really does... With the new owners now, it, it really does seem like that you know, the football club has been given back to the fans, if you kind of get what I mean. You yeah, know, but they, they just, they, they can't stop winning either. I think the, it, it's the almost... The team in England right now, as far as, from what I'm and Liverpool, I think Liverpool and them have both won consecutive seven games. So. It, it, it's almost as if sometimes a team needs to go down. There's, there's, there was a lot of talk over uh, just on sort of, sort of Sunday evening around do Newcastle, for example, need to get relegated to then sort themselves out to come back up? I probably think that's a little bit different because of the financial rewards of being oh, in the yeah. Premier League. But it's almost as if being relegated, if you can turn it into a positive, was a really good thing for Yeovil. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because they seem to have found themselves, and found the identity a bit more. Yeah. It's so strange as well because they're obviously in the National League now. But they another one of their games has been picked for TV in a couple of weeks' time. So that'll be the second time they're on TV um, since the start of the season, which, you know, for exposure is, is so good. And obviously the money side of it as well. So you kind of, obviously in League Two, I don't think any League Two games are shown live. There might be, I'm not sure. But, 
know, it, it has its benefits in the National League. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just, it just feels like everyone is behind them at the moment, and you know they can't. And it, it's there is going to be a time when you know this run comes to an end. I think everyone is aware of that, but you know until that happens, you know, you know the fans are really really happy. Just go along for the ride. Um, okay, so I think that pretty much wraps it up. I'm just, I am just going to mention that Stoke are actually playing Huddersfield tonight. Uh, just, just on the back of our the, the championship review, it may not surprise you, but it's nil nil. Nil nil. Yeah, I was um, saying nil nil. <laughs> yeah, j- j- just coming up to half to, to half time. Um, Bayern Munich have also equalised against Spurs. That that happened ages ago. I just didn't. I didn't you kept that one quiet. Yeah, I just didn't say anything. I'll only, I'll only get excited when Spurs score. Yeah. Okay, right. so that, that'll do us for part one. Uh, so we'll be back in part two where we'll be uh, getting Liam on the podcast and we'll also uh, be talking about Farsley uh, and the, the interview that we've got for today's podcast. So uh, we'll see you in part two. Welcome back to part two of View From Sideline podcast. Um, so, yeah, so I'd like to introduce you to Liam, who is pretty much our first guest live on the podcast. Um, hello, Liam, are you all right? Hi, guys. Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yes, not too bad, Liam. Rich. Welcome, Liam. Welcome, welcome to hello, the podcast. Rich. Thank you, mate. Thank you. This is history, history in the making right here. Um, <laughs> So, Rich, Wait, is there uh, any update on the um, Tottenham score? No, no, no. it's it's uh, it's they're still playing football. <laughs> that's the only that's the only update I have. Okay, so we're going to go into um, also something new to the podcast. Um, so, Rich um, had an interview um, with Farsi Celtic, didn't you, Rich? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so um, this is all to do with our FA Cup feature. Um, where if, if regular listeners to the to the podcast will know that we originally featured Runcorn Town, um, who lost to Farsley Celtic in the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. So as per the feature, we then we're, we're now following Farsley, um, and we were lucky enough to uh, to get the chance to interview uh, one of the players. So today I got the. Um, opportunity to sit down and talk to Luke Parkin, one of the club strikers. Um, and it was a really good chat. It was it was good to get a, a bit more of an insight into the club, uh, the expectations for the coming season, how we, how he's feeling about the, the match on Saturday against Southport. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we got the chance to sit down and discuss those sort of things. So here's what happened. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a View from the Sideline podcast special. As listeners will know, as part of our new FA Cup feature, we're highlighting Farsley Celtic ahead of their match against Southport at the weekend. And I'm delighted to say that joining us today is Farsley striker Luke Parkin. Hi, Luke. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Rich. All right. Yeah, good, thanks. Good, thanks. So uh, what we want to do today is just have a chat to you. So we want to get to know a bit more about the club um, as well as focusing on the FA Cup and the weekend's game. Uh, so so for the listeners that don't know, the club are currently playing in the National League North. Uh, that's after gaining promotion as champions from the Premier Division last season. So 
just to get a bit of an idea, Luke, what go, going into this season after promotion, what, what's the expectations at the club? Was it was it to get back to back promotions or more establishing yourselves in the division? Yeah, no, I think we set very high standards for ourselves. Uh, the manager, uh, he always wants us to do really well, and the group of players we've got. Uh, 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 winners really we've got a really good group of lads and we're trying to push as high as we can really obviously fourth in the table at the minute um, doing really well we've won four four league games on the spin so it, it, it's good and obviously we're aiming, we're aiming to, to obviously go up I mean to get in the playoffs would be a really good achievement but uh, if we got promotion it'd be unbelievable really yeah, so I mean, so as as you say, so sitting fourth in the league at the moment on twenty two points, yes, so yeah. only only six behind leaders York City, so a, a really decent position after twelve games. Yeah, definitely. Do do you think the expectations have changed since before the season, or are they the same? Or no, no I think I think I think the, I think the same. I think we, I mean, like I said, the group of players we've got is is, is really good. Like we're really, very close. I think we just kind of we just take it. It's a cliche, but we take it one game at a time and just go in and, and see how we're doing. I mean, we had a, we had a couple of poor results. Um, I think it were I think it was at home. I think to Kingsland and away at Altrincham. And uh, since that, we've like I said, we've won four four in a row. We're on a really good roll at the minute, and. Um, We've played some of the top teams, uh, the full-time teams in the league um, already as well. So I just think I just think we just like I said, just taking it game by game and just just see, see how we go. Yeah. So if we can if we can just go back to to Saturday's game. So yeah. I mean, as you say, going into the match, the team's on a on a four-match winning streak. If you include the the FA Cup win against Runcorn, so three league wins, f- five yeah. minutes to go in the game, you find yourself one nil down. What's what's going through through your mind there? Then is it that you you can get back into it? It's not over, or yeah, yeah definitely. I think I think there's been I think we've got that never said that attitude as a team. But lot, lots of times last year we 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 like we'd concede or we'd go um, we'd go behind up early and then we'd always find a way to come back. And I know it's <clears throat> I know it's a lot harder in the conference north conference north to do that. Um, but like I said, I'm. I'm on Saturday, we managed to get one, and then they got a man sent off, and we were just piling the pressure on. And managed to score with the last kick of the game, and like I said, we n- never really never give up. Um, and we've had that since I've been at the club, and and it's and it's a really good trait to have. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's I, I guess when when the opposition go down to ten men, regard I know there's only sort of a few minutes left. You mentioned that. It's almost the last kick of the game where you um, where you get the winner, but uh, I guess you, you're fancying yourselves to get that winner, even though there's only a couple of minutes left. But when they have a man sent off, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got we've got such a good squad. Um, a lot of people chipping with goals all the time, so it's not as if we're relying on one or two people to score. You know, we've like I said, we've got goals from from everywhere and um, managed to. Will managed to come up and score the winner on Saturday, and it were it were really good. Managed to get the three points and obviously keep the winning run going. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, just just from our perspective, obviously because we're we're following the team at the moment, it was um, um it was a bit sort of dramatic. I think I saw that I, I did see the score when it was one nil, and then uh, sort of checking 
every every now and again towards the end of the game. And when I saw it was two one, I thought it must have been a bit of a cra- cracking ending to the game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. To be fair, I'd I'd actually I'd, I'd come off and I was on, I were on the bench at the time when uh, when it, when it happened. But it were it were good. It was it were scenes as they say. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was really good. Great three points. I mean, Curzon uh, made it hard for us. It was a very scrappy game um, and. But to come away with three points, I know that they've been struggling a little bit. So I think they'll be disappointed to obviously concede last minute. But for us, I mean, it's brilliant and it gives us confidence again going into Saturday's game as well. Yeah, there's no better way to win, is there, than than a a last minute. Uh, I mean, so taking all that into account, uh, I mean, I'm quite interested to find out from a player's perspective. So... Um, with with promotion last year and 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 in a in a very good league position this year, is it is it ever in the back of your mind about how close you are to to like the EFL? I mean, so two promotions away from League Two is is that ever in in your your mindset or is it just I mean, the here and now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah and no. But you've got, I mean, you do think about like what ifs and things like that. Um, I mean, if you'd say. Last season, we'd have gone up, and then we'd be fourth. Now people would have probably been looking at you, thinking, "No chance." But I know that me personally, and obviously the boys and and the the staff, they, like I said to you before, we aim high. And I mean, I don't see why we can't go and you know get promoted to the conference. And then again, you, then you won off football league, so you just you just never know. But like I said, aiming high is something that. We, we always we always speak about we 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 were used to winning last year, um, and obviously last few games we've done the same. So we've kind of got that feeling around the club, which is good. Yeah, I mean back to back promotions. I think it, at any level of football is 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 oh, a yeah. pretty massive achievement. Yeah. I guess whether whether you achieve it through automatic promotion or the playoffs, um, and, and then you are only one promotion away. I mean and. You never know when you, where you can stop, do you? I mean, you just you just keep going and going. No, 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 definitely. But I mean, like f- football's football can change. You, you just never know. I mean, we're doing like I said, we're doing really well at the minute. But I mean, the, the, we've got some tough games coming up. Um, so like, we just got to take, like I said, we've got to take it a game at a time. Don't get too ahead of ourselves. But obviously, we, we want to try and do the best we can. Um, yeah, yeah. So. So, so, talking about upcoming games, if we can just just move on to the FA Cup. So, yeah. the 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 third qualifying round against Southport uh, at the weekend. Um, just just a question for you personally, um, as a young player. I mean, what what, what does it mean to, to you to play in the FA Cup? I mean, the, the most famous cup competition in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I mean, we haven't we haven't really had a had a cup run the last two years. Um, and then the year before we were at Brighouse, and we, we didn't have one in that either. So I've not really gone far in the competition in my career. So to to obviously to win on Saturday, it'd be it'd be good because I think the group of players that we've got, like I say, we deserve to have like a well a good tie. And um, and it it is good. I mean, it gives obviously lower clubs uh, places to go where you know it, it might be once in a lifetime or. Or places that have got big crowds and a big gate on it's good money for the club. So Saturday's a big game, um, but yeah, personally, it it it, it is good because it always gives you that uh, uh, opportunity to go and play somewhere higher if you get a lucky draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, the 
so if I'm right in saying, I think the, the, the furthest the club have ever got is the first round proper, which was in the, I think it was the 2006-2007 season. Yeah. Um, when when they took on uh, MK Dons, which went to a replay. Um, so uh, getting a draw in the in the first tie, took a great result against them. They were League Two at the time. Um, is it something that's in the players' minds at the moment that, if you were to win on Saturday and then you get a favourable draw, you're you're almost making history for the club. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, like like I said, last the last two years we've we've not really, we've not really had a cup run. I think the main the main priority was to get out of the league, and we've done that. But now, obviously, we're still we're doing very well in the league. We can give the cup a really good go as well. Um, I know Southport are a decent side. We've played them already this year, and they beat us uh, at home. So, and they're a full-time club, but um, there's no reason why we can't beat them on Saturday. And um, hopefully, like I said, get yeah, get, obviously the boys dreamer trying to get a, a, a league club, which would be which would be really good. Yeah, I mean, with the so we spoke about the league earlier, and you, you've mentioned it there. So, do you find that the, the a cup run can become a distraction? I mean, with, with the majority of any football club, I think the priority is the league. The league's your your week in, week out bread and butter. Do you do you think that it that it becomes a distraction, or is it good um, to keep the winning mentality? Yeah, no, no, I think it, I think it's good. Like, like I've already mentioned, we we haven't had a we haven't had a cup run, so it'd be good to have one. I think it'd be, I think, like I said, the group of players that we've got anyway, we, whatever game we kind of go into, we, we we want we want to try and win it regardless. And we've got a, a small squad, so it's not as if like uh, the manager's going to put kids in for um, different gate for for different competitions. We're all everyone's going to get a chance to play. So I think I think I think it's I think it's good for us. I think uh, Saturday's. Uh, it's a re- it's a really good game for us, and hopefully, like I said, we can we can try and get the win and and, and progress. And I, d- I don't think it's a distraction. I think it'll just it'll help us. Yeah, no, I I I, I would agree. Um, so, and I think what it also does as well is I, I think it it almost becomes like a community thing, doesn't it? With, with yeah. a cup run, especially in the FA Cup as well. I mean, I, I almost feel like the, the 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 town, the fans, they get more involved, um, even sort of like a younger fan base, I guess, because that they will know about the FA Cup. Um, so if if their local team are playing in in that competition, then I think it it can only be a good thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I mean, it, it it is quite a it is quite a small. Well, it's a village where Farsley. It's a village, not a town. It's quite a small. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 It's fine. I mean, you've got you've got obviously Leeds United, massive club close by. But if if we're doing well in the FA Cup, obviously Leeds won't be in until a, a couple of rounds after. Then I don't see why. You know the the people of the village and obviously of Leeds can come uh, come and come and support us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. on 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 Saturday's game. So we'll, we'll just finish on this if, if that's okay. So ho- home to Southport. So from a league perspective, you, you're six points ahead of them at the moment. You you, you go into the match with home advantage. Um, so I, I mean, I'd, I'd almost say you're sort of going in into the match as favourites. Do you, do you think there's there's any additional pressure playing a, a, a team fr- from your own division because? There's almost that that thought process that you you would know a bit more about them because you would have scouted them for league games and things like that. Or do you think it's just a one-off game and whoever turns up on the day, or, or is that that extra element of pressure? 
Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's obviously who turns up on the day. I think that's a, a lot of week in, week out, really. Um, I, I think obviously when we beat Runcorn, there were a few leagues below, and you know it didn't really, didn't really suit us playing against against them. I think it's, it more suits us playing a team that we know that are in a similar a similar league to us. Uh, I think that probably suits us better. Um, so I won't say I won't say there's any any pressure on us. Um, I just think we just—it's like well, probably just obviously it's a cup game, but it's a, it's a team that are in our league, so probably just treat it as any other game. But obviously the boys will be up for it, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess it's it, it's sort of almost an automatic sort of feeling for a player, isn't it, to get up for an FA Cup game? I mean, yeah, um, like you say, I mean, you're only a couple of rounds away from from possibly playing like league opposition, so um, that that's got to be some sort of motivation for the match on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, like I said, um the boys the boys want to they want to have a have a, have a big tie and hopefully if if when when we if if we do progress Saturday then we can we can try and get that. Yeah, okay, that's great. That's great. So I think we'll stop there Luke. So again, thank you so much for your time. It was really mm-hmm. great to talk to you and get get to know a bit more about Farsley. Um, and I mean, at the podcast, we've got we've got everything crossed that you that you progress because from from what we know and from talking to you today, um, it 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 it's a club that we we would like to sort of follow and highlight into the next round. So um, yeah, I mean, we wish you the the best of luck for Saturday, and uh, we'll uh, we'll certainly be looking out for the result. Yeah. So the best of luck. Cheers, Rich. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks for your time today, Luke. Thank you. So yep. There you have it. Um, another first for the podcast. Um, I've got to say, Luke was a, a absolutely brilliant to talk to. Um, really informative. Really sort of gave me a, a feel about the club and um, playing at that level and, and how they're doing this season. So yeah, it was it was, it was an absolute joy to talk to him. And uh, I think we should probably just say to the club in general um, a big thank you about how supportive they've been. Um, they have been great. I mean, we've been in contact with them and uh, the interviews was, was arranged and everything and uh, Luke agreed to take part. And um, yeah, so it was really good. So I think we we should say to anyone listening to the podcast, please get behind Farsley at the weekend against, against Southport. They are at home. Um, if you visit any of their social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, there's some really good content on there. Um, a lot of information about the club on the website as well. Um, so, yeah, just just please follow them. Please show them that your support. Um, I know from our point of view in the podcast, we'll be, we'll be following them at the weekend and hoping that they can get through to the next round. So, yeah, thanks to Luke and uh, thanks to the club again. It was a great experience. So, on to your bit then, Liam. Aston yeah. Villa Burnley. Yeah. So we, we've saved the match for you. Yeah, um, we've not talked about it yet. So uh, no, so give us a download. I well, think it'd be good to get your thoughts on the game and being a Villa fan, how you think they've done so far this season, and what we what what you're expecting from them for the rest of the season. Well, I think to be honest, if there was a a game that summed up our season, it was probably the Burnley game. To be honest, it was good. In parts, I thought, you know, if we 
we looked dangerous when we had runners from midfield getting into the box. Our, our goal was scored that way. El Ghazi getting in there. We just lack a lot of movement up front, and, and it's that game management that we're really struggling with at the moment. First half, I, th- I thought we actually were the better side, really. Although I know Burnley hit the bar with a free kick, but uh, but we at the post as well. Obviously, the VAR decision, which was bitterly disappointing, shall we say? Um, especially when you get the notification from BBC Sport that the goal's gone in. And uh, I'm sitting in there for about three minutes before realising that there's, there's actually a correction come through, which was really annoying. But there you go. It was probably the right call. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I think it was the right call though. Do you... Yeah, yeah, it was. It, looking at the replay, you know, he, he was offside. It um, it was just yeah, it's the way it was handled, and obviously, VAR's gone against us now a couple of times with the Crystal Palace game. So the atmosphere in the stadium. Dropped a little bit after that until we scored. I think. Uh, I think. I think the issue with with offside decisions with VAR now is everybody is miles offside because of what happened to Spurs against Leicester with Son. Yeah. But because if you're offside and you're level, if there's any part of you that is actually offside, you're, you're miles off, aren't you? Really? But... Yeah. And and he he was a yard or two offside. You you could tell from the replay. It was um, it was just one of those annoying things, really. But one thing I will say for us in this game and throughout the season, when we went down, the year we went down three years ago, we were never in games. We were always two or three nil down at half time. Never looked like getting back into it. We haven't lost a game by more than one goal this year, apart from the first game, first game of the season, which we were in until, you know, five or 10 minutes from the end. And I think, I think it, it's a credit to Dean Smith. He's got no experience as a Premier League manager. Half of the players he's brought in have no Premier League experience either. But they're actually showing commitment for the club. And it's a bit worrying every time someone attacks us and the defence is looking a little bit all over the place like it was um, against Burnley. I mean, both the goals they scored were quite soft from our point of view, I think. Um, both both headers, weren't they? From... Both headers, which is it's frustrating when you've got Mings at the back and, and Engels is six foot five as well. But you've got to, I think you've got to credit Sean Dyche with that, really. He, he made the change at half time to go to 4 3 3 rather than 4 4 2. And he brought Rodriguez on, who was a handful, and so was Barnes, actually, all, all game going forward. And um, and it made the difference for him. The, the other big thing that really affected the game was Target coming off injured, I think. He looked pretty good going forward. He was quite solid at the back and um, his injury really put us under pressure a little bit by bringing Neil Taylor on. He's, he's been beaten for the first goal in the air and, you know, to be fair to him, he's not the tallest lad. That's not his fault. And then for the, their second goal, he's, him and Grealish have both fallen asleep a bit on the, on the left-hand side for Villa and uh, let an easy cross get in. So, a little bit frustrating overall, especially when you've just taken the lead with 10 minutes to go to concede so quickly. But um, there are positive signs for the rest yeah. of the season. Just just on Grealish, because there was, there was a really interesting debate that I picked up over the weekend. and I, I don't know what you think about it being a Villa fan, but there, there seemed to be a few, a few people after the after the, the the draw on Saturday that were saying Villa can't afford a luxury player like Jack Grealish playing 
that they need someone in there that's got a bit more bite about them and a bit more fight and that they can't afford to be carrying a player like him. Personally, I, I don't see that from him. I think he gives Villa a lot. But I just wondered what you, what you thought of that because it seemed to be a regular thing from a few people. Yeah, I, I understand the point. We, we can't afford to have a luxury player, but I, I don't actually think he is. I don't, I'd say if we have a luxury player, you're looking at El Garvey, really, who doesn't offer really anything going backwards. He's not a different... I mean, you saw how he went down so easily for their first goal, their equaliser. I mean, he's been brushed in the face and fallen over and got taken off. But I don't think Grealish is that type of player. He actually works very hard. He bulked up a lot over the summer as well. From seeing him last year, where the criticism of him was he went down far too easily. This year, I mean, teams target him, I think, more than any of our other players, at least. I think there is a stat that he... Sorry, I think there is a stat that he was the most fouled player in the Championship last year. And I think he's the most yeah. fouled player in the Premier League so far this year as well. He may well be, but I think that's probably a sign that he's not a luxury player. As such. He, doesn't, he doesn't hide. He's very much a box-to-box midfielder these days. He, he tends to pick the ball up quite deep for us and tries to launch an attack rather than in and around the box and just waiting to try and play that killer ball. He's not a Meza Ozil type player, put it that way, or um, I guess you could say like Ericsson is for Spurs. They sort of sit and wait for that opportunity to come and provide that pass. I think Grealish is more a pick-it-up-and-run-at-people type player. I think it's important that we have someone like that because we're lacking a bit of movement up front at the moment. I don't want to criticise Wesley too much because he's, he's new to the team, he's new to the league, but we need someone with a bit of creativity to try and get the best out of him. We saw it against Arsenal when Grealish picked the ball up and, and ran at defenders. It gives Wesley that little bit of momentum to get into the box. He's on the front foot. And, um, yeah, I, I think we need, he's going to be important to us, Grealish, again this year. He shouldn't have really stayed with us, to be honest, throughout the championship. He's, he's, he's playing at a better level than I think we were. I think he probably. I don't know whether top six is too much. Too much at the moment. I'm looking at you know Spurs and Arsenal and, and Uniteds and, and teams like that. And I think he'd be a fringe player. If Ericsson left Spurs, it might be a little bit different. But he is no, too good. We're, we're getting James Madison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a done deal. It's already done. Who need that? And. I don't think Grealish is quite there yet. He's on the way. I think he would have been there if he'd have left two years ago. But he's a he's a fan of the club, isn't he? He can't fault his loyalty. He's given us two more years, really, than he needed to. I think I think he needs time in the Premier League. I think that if he had gone to Spurs last summer, which at points seemed like it was going to happen, I think you might find that he if he'd already had that year in the Premier League with Spurs, then he he may have being that year ahead of where he is at the moment. But exactly. I, I yeah. think if, if Villa stay in the division um, or if they were to go down and he was to come in back into another Premier League side, I think I think he would he will benefit from, from the year that he's having at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't agree with the, the point personally. I, I think he he's probably Villa's most 
creative player, and I do think he's a driving force for them. I don't, I don't feel that he's a luxury player, but it, it was just something that came out of the some of the feedback from the fans over the weekend. But yeah, and I and I have seen it, but I I understand where they're coming from. When you're at, in a relegation battle, you can't afford to have a passenger. But if you look at Grealish, it's not necessarily his assists or or it shouldn't be judged on goals either but it's finding that little bit of space and he does it so he's not quick so he, he has to be quite smart with it and his first touch is so good that every time he's getting the ball he's finding a yard of space and you need someone like that to create goals so I think it's important that we keep him like he's, he's got to start if I looked at a Villa squad without him in I'd fear the worst for us put it that way mm. well that is a that's a thoroughly comprehensive analysis, Liam. Thank you. Are you still there, no, Chris? No. Yeah, I'm just you know listening to Liam. I thought, yeah. I thought you'd nodded it's off. <laughs> I think also this season, Liam. What what sort of expectations at this point do you see for Villa? Is is it going to be a relegation battle for you? Or I think it is. I I was hoping at the start of the year we'd be. Maybe at the top of the bottom half, if that makes sense, somewhere between you know twelfth and fifteenth, something like that, and we'd be fairly comfortable. We'd have, would have sealed survival with three or four games left at least. But the way that it started at the moment, the positive for us, I think, is that the games that we've lost, the leads that we've thrown away, have been down to individual mistakes. They're not through the whole team not being good enough. They're through someone giving the ball away. They're through a silly foul. Like against Bournemouth, we conceded a stupid penalty in the first minute. And it's things like that that I think are easier probably to cut out with just concentrating than if the whole team is, they've lost their confidence or something along those lines. And we're scoring goals, which does give me a bit of hope, albeit most of them are from John McGinn. I was about to say, uh, I know you're... He's had a, he's had a good start, hasn't he? He's had a very good, he had a very good year last year. It's obviously hard to judge in the Championship how they're going to make that step up, but he's taken to it so well. And it's not just a goal scored. Like I was trying to have a look before I came on to see if there were stats about like the ground that he's covered and things like that in, um, in individual games. It's quite hard to find... But his heat map for the weekend was incredible. He was sort of playing at right wing, left back, defensive midfield. And he's great for things like our first goal, just picking the ball up on the edge of our area and just driving forward. And I think he's another one that's going to be fouled a lot this year. He seems to be winning a lot of free kicks. He just yeah, needed no, I, I, to, yeah, he needed to stay fit and... Not injured. I think he's your. I think he's your key player. I, I understand Grealish, but I, I think it's McGinn for me, who's impressed me the most. And obviously, I knew about him when he was in the Championship, but I think he's adapted well um, to, to the Premier League. He has the, uh, the spine of our team with with him in it, with him in it, and with Grealish in it. Mings didn't have a good game at the weekend. I thought Ackley Barnes actually out muscled him, out outplayed him. But he's had a good start to the year. So the spine of the team is there. Whereas in seasons before, we struggled at the bottom for about four or five years, really, before we eventually got relegated. And it was because our spine just didn't really have anyone in centre midfield. No 
leadership at centre-back, really. We've got that now. I think it's just adding... We would. I think I speak for most Villa fans. We would have preferred another winger in the transfer window and another striker because we're relying a bit on if the game isn't going our way, we're throwing Keenan Davis on with five minutes to go and he's 20, 21 years old, no Premier League experience really. It's not fair on him. So I think we do need a, a bit more depth outside the first team. But there's positive signs there. I think it will be a relegation battle. I do think we've got enough to stay up. I think it'll be a better challenge than uh, than we gave last time we were in the Premier League. But um, I think when you have players like McGinn, and Nakamba actually played quite well for us the last two games that he's played. He's, he looks like a decent talent as well from Bruges. Um, when you have those kind of players, if it, if it does click, like I'm hoping it will do, and there are signs of it, we should be OK. But it will be a struggle this year. Norwich is a big game for us this weekend. There's a big game. Because I, 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 at the start of the season, I, I didn't personally didn't put Villa near the bottom three. To be fair, but I had Sheffield United, didn't they? See, I think, I think a lot of people underestimated Sheffield United. I, I think you'll stay out. I, I think you've got enough talent in that squad to keep you up. And I think, you know, you haven't got the worst team. So, no, I, in order to go down. You've, you've got to have pre- a pretty bad squad, I think. It, to stay up, you've got there's got to be three teams worse than you. And looking, I know it's easy to play the game on paper, but looking at some of the squads and some of the form that teams are on at the minute and some of the troubles off field, looking at sort of Newcastle, it's you know it's not the fans' fault what's going on, but you look at the troubles that teams like that are having, and and you you would fancy your chances against them, especially. You know, we look look at Newcastle this weekend against Leicester and they just sort of capitulated. And that's the kind of attitude that I think we had when we got relegated that we don't have now. We we don't we don't give in, we don't concede one goal and then and then think, well that's game over. We've not got that attitude about us anymore, which I think is important to staying up. And um yeah, I mean going back to Sheffield United, the way that they play is so hard to play against. And I think they've got to be They've got to be like you've got to appreciate what they're doing at the moment with the centre backs that are basically playing in centre midfield. It's so hard to sort of combat against that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have a style that we could bring up to the Premier League. I don't think. I, I think we got on a run at the end of the season without necessarily having a, a certain style like Norwich had their fluent passing play. Sheffield United played with their formation. We didn't have that to bring up. So we've had to try and change our style a little bit. But I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful we can stay up. Well, I think, I mean, when Chris and I did our predictions at the beginning of the season, neither of us had Villa as going down. So you can you can pretty much take that as in they will not get relegated. I'll, 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 appreciate, I'll take 17 <laughs> at the moment. I, I'm hoping we, I know we spent a lot of money. I'm hoping we can get a couple of bodies in in January and it would... Um, Give us a little bit of depth. I think that's what we're lacking at the moment. The subs that we're making just aren't good enough. Mm. Okay, that that is the most comprehensive analysis of a game we've we've ever had, Liam. And so next week we are going to be under so much pressure. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're, I made a lot gonna, of notes. To be fair, we're going to be under so much pressure. But you're, you're going to stay with us for the for the rest of the, the podcast, if that's okay yep. with you. That's fine by me. Um, yeah. So. Firstly, I mean, thanks for coming on. I mean, that, that's a brilliant analysis. It's good to 
um, get that sort of view from a fan of a different club. I mean, Chris and I will, will talk about Chelsea and Spurs um, with, with a bit of passion and a bit more knowledge than maybe the other sides. But that, that's a really, really good insight. Um, so we'll we'll go on to predictions. So we'll give an update from the weekend. Um, so Chris, six out of six. I don't think that's ever happened before. So, um, so total of twenty five points. I don't think we've ever got all six not, outcomes right. It's not, it's not even my highest score this season either. But no, it's know. not. Uh, but Tom Tom was our guest last week. So uh, Tom turned thirty on Sunday. So. Um, I mean, what an amazing present taking part in our predictions challenge. Um, so uh, the other Chris is uh, this week's guest. Uh, and we've actually got a Farsley Celtic Southport game in our predictions for for this weekend. Uh, and I'm very pleased to say that all three of us have gone for a Farsley win. So uh, fingers crossed for that. We'll move on to to Chris's stats from the weekend uh, in his features in his feature. Sorry, the wonders of white. Yeah, so we kind of tread on a little bit of toes on on one of them already, um, but we'll start. So this um, this could be a first. So at the game at Yeovil, um, obviously all the ball boys were um, were sent off. Um, I don't think I've, I've have you ever seen it, Liam? No. I- I've seen a ball boy be kicked by Eden Hazard before. Sorry, Chris. No, right, I've never yeah. seen him. Right, right, net, right. Let's right, cut him out. Cut him out. <laughs> Chris I doesn't did... take Chelsea criticism very hey, we well. Did, we did not bring you on to say that. <laughs> okay, right, next one. Uh, Manchester City's victory over Everton uh, and David Silva, his 200th Premier League win in his 289th Premier League appearance, which makes him the quickest ever player to reach the 200 total. Uh, Chelsea have now won all nine of their league meetings with Brighton, making it a football league record for the most games played by a side against a single opponent while winning every single one of those games. But we can't all be perfect, eh? I, I was going to say, that I knew there was going to be a, Chelsea, a positive Chelsea stat in there somewhere. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to now after what Liam just said. Mm. Um, so, and the last one is Real Madrid have kept three consecutive clean sheets in La Liga for the first time under Zinedine Zidane. In both his reigns, if you kind of get what I mean. So, yeah. But that's that's probably the most surprising one, to be honest. Yeah, that's the one I thought. I was quite shocked at that when I, when I saw that. Okay. When I had my stat machine out, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love the stat machine. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna finish off um, today's episode with with some quizzes. So I just I just wanted to do while I've got both of you on this week, I just wanted to do um, a quick quiz between you both, just just to yeah. see it's, who. This is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna who, show me that. Yeah. Who has the the greatest level of knowledge when it comes to football? So, how this is going to work is, um, so I'm going to ask a question, and then there's I'm not going to tell you how many possible answers there are, but let's just say there's a hundred. So you will take it in turns to give me an answer, and the first person who cannot answer or gives me an incorrect answer will lose. Is that clear? Yes, it's clear. Is that you, clear? You can be sweat now because now I feel pressure. 
Okay. So, <sighs> Chris, being the, 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 the co-host on the podcast, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, and the, cool. quest, the, the question is, players that have captained England... Right, so, okay. so you have to give a name, and then that yes. name is out, and then Leah, and so on, and so on, and so on, until someone can either not answer or they get it wrong. Okay. So you can go first, Chris. Harry Kane. Okay. That's that's obviously right. So you can move on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, have I got? Oh, my. Have I got to go all through? No, I thought you understood the rules. Now it's Liam's turn. My go now. Okay, um, I will go with David Beckham then. Correct. Steven Steven Gerrard. Correct. Okay, and I can't believe he hasn't said this already. John Terry. Correct. I didn't think it would last this short a time. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Um, Rio Ferdinand. Ferdinand? Yeah. Correct. Oh, right. you couldn't have captain many, surely. It's not about how many, it's about whether they've done it. <laughs> only because okay. I haven't got the stat of how many. So. Um, okay, I'll go for a, an easier one. Uh, Bobby Moore. Yeah, I, th- I think we know that one's right. You can have that one. Oh, I don't know if this guy actually captained them or not. Um, Frank Lampard. Oh, he's taken my guess. Oh, this would be embarrassing. No, yeah, Lampard's on there. <laughs> oh, that was what I was going to go with. Okay. Um, Tony Adams. Yep. Chris? Uh, oh, oh, Wayne Rooney. Oh, yeah, good one. It's getting a bit tougher now. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brian Robson. Legend. Yep. Chris. Uh, uh, oh, no. Uh, Jordan Henderson. Favourite player. Yep, he's on the list. Oh, it's getting difficult. Um, it can be sweat. I will go with Ray Wilkins. Yep. Oh, God's sake. Uh, oh, I think he did. He Gary Cahill. Crikey, Chris. <laughs> is that, oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, he's on the list, but that is so random. How did you get that? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I've got one more as well. You might Mike need more Bowen. than that. Owen? Yeah. Correct. Oh, Liam! Uh, he said Adams. Uh Keown? <laughs> Martin Keown. Oh, uh, yeah. Correct. Oh, oh, what? I thought that was that. 
Honestly, I'm just thinking of defenders now. That's all I can think <laughs> just of. Standing out of the captaincy for anyone. Um, all right, I'll go with the other Arsenal centre back, Sol Campbell. Get. Yeah, he's on there. Oh, oh I've actually. Exhausted all avenues. I'm gonna go quickly with. Oh, uh, I don't think he did. Lineker. Yep, he's on the list. Oh God, I thought that was gonna be it. Um, I'm struggling now. Um, I will go with Bobby Charlton. Yep. Oh. That was a pure guess. Uh, Paul Ince. Yep. Oh, I thought he only played for them. That's it for me now. I, honestly, I can't think of anything. I can't think of English players now. I think you're luring Liam into a false sense of security here, Chris. I think you're, I think you're hustling. Um, I am really struggling now. I am gonna have to guess quickly and say Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes. Yeah, that doesn't sound promising. He's not on the list. Can I turn, Chris? Next yeah. one was Gary Neville. Is, is Gary Neville on there? Gary Neville? Yeah. Nope. You're going to kick yourselves. So, actually on there. Alan Shearer. Oh, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Keegan. David no. Platt. Peter Shilton. Stuart Pearce. Oh, Terry, cool. Terry Butcher. Uh, Eric, even Eric Dyer's on there. You've got Alf Ramsey. And then uh, Joe Hart. So Joe Hart captained England. Uh, David Seaman. Sterling, Delph, Smalling, Milner. Jackie Elka, Scott Parker, Gareth Barry. Beardsley, Clements. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, you've got a bit of paper in front of you. It says yeah, all that. Uh, I, well, it's, a, it's an Excel spreadsheet, actually, Chris. I'll have you know. Oh my God, have you seen the? Sorry, the Spurs score four two. Yeah, I was going to mention hey. that way through the quiz, mate. <laughs> four nil to buy, four two to buy Munich. Oh dear. Um, okay, so um, so, so we've got to wrap up this teaser. Um, so yeah. t- teams in currently in the Premier League that. Um, have have never been relegated. Um, I, can t- I can tell you five. Okay. Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, United, Liverpool. Everton? Got, yeah, I think I've got a couple more. Because I think if it's never been relegated, I don't think Bournemouth and Brighton have been relegated. God, that's, that's why you're on, Liam. That, that's left field. That, that's a... Because they've only been in it, well, Bournemouth's been in a bit longer, but I was thinking of teams that haven't been in the Premier League long enough to go back down again. I couldn't so, think of any more, though. I, I got stuck on eight. So who did you have, Chris? Well, I had the, top, the so-called top 
six, I guess. Well, Man City have been relegated from the Premier League. Well, take Man City out then. So you've got Everton. I know, I, I know that because we, we've spoken about that on a previous podcast. So then, so you've got your five, and then Liam, you're putting Brighton and Bournemouth in. So I had the list of teams I had was um, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, Everton, Bournemouth, and Brighton. So I had eight. Eight. Right. I'm happy to go with with eight. Yeah. I... <laughs> can't think of anything else. What about Palace? Have Palace ever been relegated? Yeah, they must have done. Okay, yeah, let's let's go let's let's go with eight. Chris, you're gonna you're gonna do the honours. Okay, so Arsenal. Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Manchester United, Liverpool, Everton, Tottenham, Bournemouth, Brighton. Uh, Arsenal. Uh, let me just go through this. Uh, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Brighton, Chelsea, Everton, May United, Liverpool, Tottenham. Um, before that, Huddersfield were on the list until they got relegated last season. So yeah, so that's, that's so, eight. Uh, so that's uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, eight is the correct answer. Liam, you saved us there because I never would have said Bournemouth or Brighton. No, nor would I. An easy one as well, but so we're, we're, we're now five, we're five two up. Yeah. Uh, we will not be defeated. We will not be defeated. Yeah. Five two up. Okay, so um I think that pretty much wraps it up for today's today's podcast. Um so just want to say thanks Liam for, for coming on. Um Cheers, mate. It, yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, Thank you for having me, guys. Cheers. That's that just it, you're more than welcome. Um and yeah, so I guess we just sign off with Looking forward to the uh, FA Cup tie on Saturday. So Farsley Celtic against Southport. Come on, Farsley. Thanks again to the club for um, for letting us do the interview. And uh, I think we'll, we'll sign off now and we'll speak to you all next week. See you next week.